Hello and welcome to the Enjoy Church podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope this message empowers, equips, and helps you become everything God has called you to be. Enjoy the message. Well, I don't know. I don't know if you've guessed it by now. We've only mentioned it about 50 times, but it is Friendship Group Sunday, yeah? Yeah, and I'm going to keep mentioning it. I'm going to keep mentioning it because I see the importance of our friendship groups. It's the B in the belong, yeah? We talk about ABCs every week. You're probably like, we're over this. They say ABC, ABC. Why do we say that? Because we actually want to see people flourish into what God has for them in their lives. And we believe we've seen it. We don't just believe it like a theory. We've seen it over and over again, year after year. Those who abide, who belong and contribute, do flourish in every area of their lives. And what a special, beautiful moment that was to have our friendship group leaders all across here, there was heaps of them. It just kept going and going. It was like that, the applause that never ended because the, 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 the trail of his robes was supposed to be long, but that, that was a long line of friendship group leaders. And well, it was a bit more composed, Pastor Mick, in the, in the second service, but in the first service, he was crying. Pastor Mick crying. The man's man, the hard yakker, the trader himself was emotional. That's how much he cares for our friendship group leaders. That's how much we care for you. And we're so thankful for what you do week in and week out. So today, Friendship Group Sunday. Who's excited? I'm excited. Like Aaron said, Pastor Aaron, there's donuts out there. There's people you get to meet, our friendship group leaders. I'm sure at some point in your life, you've heard the phrase, opposites attract, yeah? Yeah, yeah? It's certainly the case with myself and my wife, Lisa. We could not be any different. She's calm, composed. She waits on the Lord. She's very wise. My kids continually tell me to my face, mom has all the fruits of the spirit. Dad, you're just funny. And every time I play up, maybe I'm a little bit impatient. They're like, dad, be like mom, fruits of the spirit. I don't mind hearing it, it's good, but we are very opposite. Chalk and cheese is your chalk, I'm the cheese. And the, the, the fact is we, we attract. But have you also heard the saying that the longer that a couple is together or are together, the more the same they are? Have you heard that? Even in appearance. Ooh, that's getting a bit funky. Look, according to an article in the New York Times, and it says here the word scientific, so it's got to be true, yeah? Scientific evidence has led people to believe that couples will eventually start looking like one another. Sounds crazy, yeah? We've got some photos up here. Look, very similar, very similar. Look at that, very similar, very similar. Well, it's probably not as crazy as you think. Couples who don't resemble one another when they first start, you know, get married or come together. After about an average of 25 years of marriage, who's been married for 25 years here in the house? Yeah, we've got hands all over there. Can we say, can we celebrate you? Because in an age where people don't often stay that long, you guys are doing it. Um, So after 25, look at the person. If you're sitting next to the person you've been married to 25 years, look in the mirror. Look, is there a mirror? Do you look the same? They don't want to look at each other. Hey, the main cause is believed to be that after being married for a long period of time, over the years, the couples share many of the same emotions, yeah? 
when one is stressed or happy, the other tends to be stressed or happy. When one is, you know, making jokes, the other one's joking. When one's frowning, I tend to frown a lot. I've noticed that Lisa's starting to frown a bit more like me. Watch out for those lines up here. But over time, the emotions start to shape the way our faces look. And I guess that's the logic here, that the more shared emotions we have, the more we start looking the same. Um, I, 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 I asked, you know, this really intense AI, artificial intelligence, because I wanted to see a glimpse into my future. I'm like, is this right? Is this true? Will I really look like Lisa when I get old? So I plugged it in, and it did all these calculations, probably Google you know, servers out there were working real hard and it's come up with this. What do you think? What do you think? Do we look the same? Huh? Is it true? Well, all I got to say is, least you got to look forward to the top of your hair will go white, but the rest of it will stay jet black. So, least if I start looking like you or more importantly, acting like you, I don't mind getting old, okay? There is no doubt that the people around us, yeah, shape our lives. And the more we allow people around us, the more shaping of our lives will happen. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Turn to the person next to you and say, your future is bright. I like it. There's a lot of genuine comments here. I love this. In this year of legacy, as a church, we've been looking back at the goodness of God the faithfulness of God. We're about to enter the 25th year of God just building his house. And, and that involves the faithfulness of people. Like Pastor Georgie said, we, we, we stand on the shoulders of those who've gone before us. Their faithfulness, they're putting their shoulder to the plow. And, and it's incredible what God has done. But can I say to you today, church, our legacy as a church and as individuals is also before us. Did you get that? Our legacy, your legacy as a church and as individuals is also before us. What do you want your future to look like? That's a big question, yeah? What do you want your future to look like? Because it will be determined by how you position yourself and with who you position yourself. I'm going to say that again because it sounds like a Dr. Seuss rhyme, yeah? By how you position yourself and with who you position yourself in the present. Today, let's start today, the present. We are not meant to do life alone. We were created for relationship. And whether you're an introvert, some, I'm an introvert, I might not seem it, but uh, last year, end of last year, I turned the big 4-0 and my friends were like, let's have a party, let's have a big party, it's a big milestone. I said, no thanks, I'm going camping to the middle of nowhere. I had no reception, no people. It was just um, my wife, my kids, and a few kangaroos um, and, 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 a, and, a, and a tent. I'm an introvert. I love being by myself. But whether you're an introvert or an extrovert or anything in between, right, relationship and fellowship is biblical. And it existed before creation itself. You're like, whoa, okay, okay, okay. That's going back quite a bit. Before creation, before time on earth began, God enjoyed perfect fellowship within himself, between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know this because in the Bible, we read Jesus' prayer to the Father before he was crucified. Let's turn to Scripture. 
In John 17, 5, it says, And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. It says there, the glory I had with you. It's a shared glory. Jesus is asking the Father to return him to that fellowship that he had with the Father before creation. You see, church, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in eternal relationship and have always shown love and fellowship towards each other. This fellowship, this is cool, this fellowship is actually the essence of heaven. You know, it's full of joy, it's full of generosity, and it's full of peace. And we often sing, heaven, come to earth. Heaven, we pray that will come to earth. And it's this fellowship that exists between God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as Jesus continues to pray, he makes it clear that his desire and that he chooses, this is the cool thing, that he chooses to share this fellowship with us. Because as we continue reading John 17, verse 20, it says, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through this message. That's you and that's me. We believe in Christ because of the message of the disciples. So this prayer is for us today, 2,000 years from that prayer. That prayer is for us today. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us. That's a cool thing. May they be in us so the world will know and believe that you sent me. If we are to see this world change, to believe that Jesus was sent by God, we've got a huge part to play. We've got a huge part to play. What an invitation we have here from Jesus in his prayer to share in the fellowship and the unity that the Father and Son experience and to partner with God. And as we continue reading, I'm going to read a few more scriptures. You with me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on the screens if, um, if you forgot your Bible or if your phone's not working. But John 17, verse 22 to 24, it says, I have given them the glory you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. Before the world began, before time began. Can anyone feel the weight? Can anyone feel the importance that God puts on fellowship, fellowship to him and fellowship to one another? We get a glimpse of what heaven on earth can be, the joy, the generosity, the peace and the love when we share in his eternal self-giving fellowship and we partner with God to share it with one another. This is the relational reality that God wants us to experience here on earth with one another, to belong to one another, to belong to one another, to belong to one another. That's great. That's a huge statement and it feels weighty, yeah? 
But how? How is it practical for us? You know, I'm not God, you're not God. I'm not the Son, you're not the Son, we're not the Holy Spirit. And they've been around since before time began. So I guess they've got a lot of practice in how to fellowship and in this relational game. What does it look like for us, the church, today? Well, I consider myself quite a pragmatic kind of guy. I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel here, try something new, try something new age. I think what we have to do is look at what the early church did. Hmm? What is fellowship exactly? Fellowship is shared participation within a community. And I had to Google the word participation to make sure I understood it. And you need to write this down because this is going to be heavy. This is like what next level. Pastor Michael going to be proud of me. How heavy and deep this is. But shared, the word participation is literally the action of taking part in something. Whoa, drop it. That's heavy. That's, that's deep. Participation is the action of taking part in something. So let's look at what the early church did. Let's turn to Acts 2, verse 38, and I'm going to read to verse 41 to start off with. Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, your children, and those who are far away. There's legacy right there. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. And those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. That's pretty cool. Now in Acts 2.42, he continues. And the title for this part of the passage is The Believers Form a Community. All right, there's a key here. And the believers... Devoted, say devoted. It's an important word today. Devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, and to sharing of meals, and to prayer. Luke, the author of Acts, lists four devotional practices of the church before describing each of them in more detail. And Luke was a practical man, and I want to be a practical man today. So we're going to have four points, only four points today. Yeah, not eight, not three, four. Are we good? Are we good for four points? All right. You're like, yes, hurry up so I can go get some lunch. Devoted, point number one. It says that they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Why don't we quickly turn to a video? So last year we started a friendship group, and it was a Bible study friendship group. We would get together. We would chat about our week. We would discuss things that we want prayer for and then we would get into the word and really dig into the depths of it and we really found that it benefited all of us. The big takeaway uh, I got was that you don't need to be a professor, you don't need to be a pastor, you don't need to be you know, an academic to read the word of God. The word of God is for everyday people and I fell more in love with God and I definitely got closer Same. to the people that we were studying with. So good. That's Ryan and Tash, if you don't know. They forgot to introduce themselves because I forgot to be clear about introducing yourself. Point number one, belonging revolves around the Word of God. Luke states that the early church devoted themselves to the Word of God. Here at Enjoy, you probably heard 
Pastor Shane say this many times. We are a Bible-believing church. We don't belong to a club. We don't belong to a co-op. We don't belong to a business or an organization. We are the church of God and the bride of Christ. And in John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God. If we are truly to understand the fellowship that God experiences and extends to us, we need to begin with the Word. It's the Word of God that restores us. It's the Word of God that lights a path for us. It's the Word of God that sustains us. It's the Word of God that purifies us. It's the Word of God that comforts us. The Word of God is life and it brings life to us when we share it, when we read it aloud, when we study it together, when we seek to understand it together. Without the Word of God, we are just a bunch of people hanging out at Maccas too late. But with the Word of God, we come alive. With the Word of God, we are knitted together with the same relational attributes that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Spirit experienced before the beginning of the world. If we're going to devote ourselves to something, church, it needs to start with the Word of God. As Luke said, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The next thing they devoted themselves to was fellowship. Let's turn to a video. Hey Enjoyers, it's Tony and Monica here. We love our friendship group. Yes, we do. Because it gives us a sense of community. And you may be asking, what does community look like? Well, for us, it looks like accepting one another for who we are. It looks like encouraging one another. It looks like doing life together. It looks like having fun together. And it looks like supporting and believing for the best for each other. We love our friendship group because it gives us a sense of community and we believe that we are better together. Better together. Absolutely. Those are powerful words. There's no coincidence that as we exit our, our, our foyers in all of our, all of our locations, there's, there's big, bold letters in writing that says, do something, do something. It's such a proactive statement, yeah? When we collectively and proactively go out of our way to help others, we are building community. When we accept others for who they are, we are building community. When we are having fun together and we have fun and enjoy, we are building community. When we bless someone in church or outside of church, we are building community. I love the example of our West Location Communities team. During the week, um, they, they, there's a whole bunch of people that come into our foyer. It's like a conveyor belt. They use every single trestle table they can find and they put food out and they make food packages for people in need in our community. There's, there's clothing, there's toiletries, there's, there's food. And they're not an official friendship group, but I can promise you that they are a community of believers. And when they do that together, when they work together to help others, they're building themselves up. That's why they keep coming back and doing what they're doing. It says here in Ecclesiastes 4.9, two people are better than one. Yeah, I agree with that. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. These are very wise words. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. Now, I just put a proviso on that. Um, 
put a ring on it before you get close to someone to keep them warm. Um, the alternative is just buy them a jacket or something, yeah, if they're cold, all right? But, ha- but a, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. When you're in a community, you have people around you that you can also reach out to. It's not just one way directional where you're helping others. You're situated in fellowship and community to be helped. I was so encouraged by a testimony of one of our um, brothers out in the foyer where um, during COVID he had lost his job. He was kind of keeping it to himself because it's hard to say, hey, I can't provide, I can't find something. Anyway, his wife, obviously it's the Holy Spirit, speaks to him and says, hey, what's the matter with you? Why are you down? It's all good. I want to do this by myself. No, you need to share. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Anyway, spoke to his wife. I can't find a job. I'm struggling here. Well, why don't you go to your friendship group leader and share this burden with them? Yeah? And he listened to his wife. Very good advice right there. Within a week, within a week, this brother had three job opportunities. Why? Because he shared a burden. He shared his burden. It goes both ways, church. The next thing they devoted themselves was breaking of bread. I'm going to turn to another video. We're Gary and Michelle, and we have the joy and privilege of leading a friendship group. When it comes to our friendship group, we can't help but think of generosity. A great example is uh, we break bread to build bonds and uh, share food and fellowship. And the amount and abundance of uh, love and care that goes into meals that everyone brings is just another um, big example of their hearts and their generosity as well. It's just like coming home to family when we celebrate birthdays, milestones, etc., uh, we love making people feel special and valued because they are. So good. After seeing that, that much food, I've got a feeling that everyone's going to be going to Gary and Mish's uh, friendship group. There's plenty to choose from, guys. Every friendship group's like that. Anyway, we love Gary and Mish. Has anyone experienced the generosity of God? Yeah? Can you testify to that? When we have a revelation of God's generosity towards us, it undoubtedly draws us to extend generosity to others. There's no way about it. We are invited to trust God as we devote ourselves to sharing our lives and resources in real community. Every time we emotionally spend ourselves for others, we can all feel God's love and commitment for us. I love this. Our limited resources are When our limited resources are shared, God's limitless resources can be experienced by all. As Luke said, and all the believers devoted themselves to sharing meals. And the last thing, you still with me? Is point number four. The last thing that the early church devoted themselves to was prayer and worship. Let's turn to another video. Hey guys, my name's Abel, and alongside my wife, Tona, we get the privilege to be able to run a young adults friendship group. And Nando. Now, prayer and worship is so important in our friendship group. It's a safe place where brothers and sisters, together in arms, unite as one to intervene in prayer. Now, not only is the testimonies that come out of it is amazing, but we witness transformation and spiritual growth. Now, something just happens when you actually step out, you seek, you knock, and you sing his praises. And that's why we love worship and prayer. 
Come on. We love you, Belle and Tona. Point number four, belonging has an accent. And that accent sounds like prayer and worship. The funny thing about accents is if you go to another country and you spend a bit of time there, I promise you that accent starts sticking. You know, I might be an Aussie, and if I might go to the States, I'll come back with a bit of an American accent. Um, and, and, and when you're around people with the same accent, it's, it's undeniable. You start talking like them. Um, in the first service, I shared that um, uh, my mother-in-law is, is from England, from the Midlands, yeah, from, from Birmingham, from Birmingham. But she's been living in Australia for uh, more than 40 years, I believe. She's here in the auditorium. Hello, Mom. Um, mom. Um, and she's got an Australian accent, yeah? But every time she gets on the phone with family in England, it goes full British, like straight away, zero to 100, full British. In, when she's visiting over there, she's calling us back to see how we're going, and she's talking to us with a full British accent. And I'm like, how does this change? Why are you talking with a British accent towards us? Because it's contagious, yeah? You're around people with an accent. You're going to sound like them. So when you're in a room full of worshipers, you're going to worship louder. When you're in a room full of prayers, you're going to pray more. I can, I can encourage you. We were here at 7 p.m. for a prayer meeting, and that was powerful. We had prayer warriors praying away, and you could just feel God um, providing breakthrough in those situations. In Matthew 18, 19, it says, I tell, you, uh, I tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. There is power in a community that prays together and worships together. I just want to share this with you. A couple of months ago now, I was walking from the foyer to the auditorium and a brother stopped me, one of our amazing doc um, volunteers. And, and he said, um, Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, I really want to tell you this. It's like, um, for, for, for months now, for over a year, my, my wife's been struggling with, 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 with cancer. And the doctors have said, this is serious. This is, this is, it needs treatment, real harsh treatment. But we believed as a friendship group, we'd come together and pray. Every single time we'd meet, we'd pray. Every single time we'd meet, we'd pray. Not only were they praying during the friendship group, but they've got a WhatsApp because people love WhatsApps. And they'll continue praying for one another on the WhatsApp group. And he's crying. He had tears in his eyes. He showed me the medical report saying that the last appointment he had with the doctors, there was no cancer. Doctors couldn't find anything. Now I'll go out and I'll go talk to this friendship group because I can see them. They're, 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 they're more wiser. They're a friendship group of Hispanics. They're a little bit, um, um, they, they look the same. Let's just say the spouses are looking the same, yeah? And I'm having a chat with them, and they're like, yeah, that's what we love doing. We pray for the next generation. We pray for healing. We believe that God can do it. But the word's gone out. Now people from all over the world are WhatsApping them, asking them for them to pray into their situations because they've heard the testimony of God doing miracles in their friendship group. Can I encourage you? There is power when a community is praying for one another. As Luke says, and all the believers devoted themselves to prayer and worship. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. 14 years ago, Lisa and I came to enjoy and, and we, 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 we were welcomed. The first person I remember becoming friends was Pastor Ash. And I cannot state the... the the amazing, oh, 
I shouldn't have, that's why I cut it out last in the last service. Next time I'm deleting that. <laughs> Pastor Ash, the, the influence he's had over my life, you know, just to push through in excellence. Um, Pastor Michael, who, who taught me the, the meaning of, of conviction. When it's good, where it's bad, if God's called you, you need to have conviction. Or Pastor Martin, who told me not to take myself too seriously and stop frowning and, and, and have fun while ministering to people and praying for people. John 15, 10, it says, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, joy will overflow. This is my commandments. Love each other in the same way that I have loved you. This is the mission of God to unite creation to himself and human beings to one another. When God's mission is carried out, church, more and more and more joy, generosity and peace of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit will be seen here on earth. And there's a community of enjoyers, a community of believers that enjoy for you. They're here to dream with you, to pray with you, to champion you, to laugh with you, to cry with you, to help pick you up when you're down, to, to celebrate you when you're up. Don't believe the lie that you don't need anyone or that fellowship isn't important. I spent the first 10 minutes talking about the importance that God puts on it. You're not the only one going through a situation and you have brothers and sisters that can help carry your burden. Don't stay in disappointment of being let down by people. Even people at church will disappoint you. Or maybe you've tried to connect and make friends and friendships, but it just hasn't happened. Don't give up. Trust God and try again. Can I encourage you, take the step out of isolation. Take that step of, out of isolation. You know, for, for years now, we've been told to isolate, to be alone, to, to, you know, socially distant. That's not what the Word of God is telling us to do. I get it in the health sense, but the Word of God says we are better together. We need each other. Break the isolation in our lives and take the step of faith. I know it's a vulnerable thing to do. Some of us don't want to do it. But take that step of faith. Trust that God has a plan for you and that plan includes a place to belong. There's a place for you to belong. And today I just want to pray for a group of people. And I know you know who you are. Those who are struggling with the, with the notion of fellowship, struggling with community, feeling alone, Struggling with isolation. I want to pray for you. I just want you to bow your heads right now. You don't need to, need, you don't need to put your hand up. 
You know who you are. Father God, I pray your spirit is in this place and I know that you're healing, that you're moving in a powerful way. I pray right now, God, that all those disappointments, all those hurts, all those moments of loneliness, Lord, I pray for your beautiful healing to come upon them. I pray, God, that we would step out of that hurt and step into the future that you have for us, God. I pray, God, that we would trust you. Our trust is in you and not in man. And you are calling us into community. I pray that even today, practically, as we take that step of faith, that that step of faith might look like actually heading to the tables out there and signing up. And it might be scary. It might be, oh, I don't want to be around people. I don't feel like it. But I can promise you, I can promise you that you will have life and life to the fullest when we live and love one another. Pray this in Jesus' name.